0: Welcome to Panic Proof Radio. I'm your host, Jess Tyson, and I'm here to help you get out of your own way, stop panicking, and start living a life you love. Today, I'm thrilled to be chatting with Heather Whaling, who is the founder and CEO of Geben Communication. Geben means to give, I believe, in German, and that is so much of what Heather's spirit embodies. I have loved working with her over the years, learning from her, being inspired by the work that she's doing, especially for men and women in the workforce who are growing families. She strongly believes in paid family leave and she is working toward making that a reality for businesses in her community and beyond. She serves on the board of many organizations and speaks at a lot of different conferences and events, um, especially for women in business, but also for public relations, crisis management, and so much more. Heather was one of my first first clients when I started Don't Panic Management. And you'll hear the story of how we met and got started. I'm excited for you to also hear how she's evolved over the years and graduated from Don't Panic and built this incredible team. So here we go. It's Panic Proof Radio with Heather Whaling. Heather Whaling, welcome to Panic Proof Radio. I'm so happy to have you today. Hi, Jess. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much. I know you're so busy lately, and I have loved watching you and the agency grow over the years. Um, You're based in Columbus, Ohio. And I am curious if you can take us back about almost 10 years and tell me where you were in your career at that time when you decided to reach out to me to get some help.
1: Yeah, so I'll go back even just a little bit further. So I started Gavin Communication in 2009. I had worked for other people's PR agencies for like 10 years before that, started Gavin in 2009, December 2009, so really like 2010. And business was good and we were getting lots of opportunities. And then I realized like I had started it, and it was just like me in my dining room. And I quickly realized like I needed help so that I could be spending my time where I was creating the most value for the company, but also knew it was really important not to let any of the like logistics and administrative stuff fall through the cracks because that would have long-term damage. So that's when
0: I ended up reaching out to you. (laughs) Do you remember how you heard about me and don't panic? I don't even know if it was really don't panic at that time. Yeah, I don't remember. So I think we
1: had met at a like blog, like social media event or something. And I knew you had worked with other people who had like agencies or companies who were doing consulting in the space. Mm-hmm. And so somebody had introduced us and kind of told me what you were doing. And so I sort of kept that in the back of my mind. And then when I needed help, then it was like, please just help me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, did you know of anyone else? I mean, we had talked through maybe some other people, but did you know specifically, um, people who were using VAs in the way that you needed, or did you feel like you knew, um, what you needed and were just kind of hoping that it would work out?
1: Yeah, I think kind of, I mean, I think really where it was is I knew that I was, there wasn't enough time on my calendar to do everything that I wanted to do at the level that I thought it needed to be done at.
0: So I knew that I needed
1: help. I knew that like some of the administrative stuff, like I want to be like creative and like spending time on this stuff and some of that like invoicing and calendaring and time tracking, like that kind of stuff is not like my strong suit and it doesn't give me a whole lot of energy. And so I knew it was going to just fall away. So I didn't know somebody who'd used a, a VA in that way, but I had heard really good things about you and had heard good things about people who had worked with you. And so had, you know, some trust and had a little bit of leap of faith that I thought it would be good.
0: (laughs) It really was. And you actually were the only person, even to this day, that I brought a physical contract to that conference, I think it was, and you physically signed it. Like we looked at (laughs) it together. We met together. Usually all of our, you know, maybe I met someone in person somewhere but but usually when we're actually kicking off we're doing it virtually and i thought that was so great i at that time in my career i was like i want to do this with all of our clients you know like get together um you know have coffee sign together ask questions and then i could start to get to know you um more personally just from sitting in the same room um little did i know that would never happen again but oh that was really fun um So you had me working virtually at the time, and you also had people in your office. And did you feel like that was kind of strange for people, or do you think it worked just fine? I think it worked fine, because our
1: client services team had started to grow at that time. And most of what you were working on was stuff that was really like kind of in my bubble around like operations and administration. And so it didn't really impact the rest of the team as much. And I actually think there was some benefit, because if if I had had someone in the office in that role, they would have been easily like sidetracked and distracted by just the other stuff happening in the office. Whereas because you were virtual, you didn't necessarily get swept up in all of that. And you could stay like singularly focused on like, these are the things that I need help with and just make sure that all of those tasks were getting accomplished.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I I think you were just so ahead of the curve in that way, because people for a long time were saying, no, you can't work virtually, you're not gonna be as efficient. And I was over here in 2009 being like, actually (laughs) all this like water cooler talk and like this and that going on in the office sometimes takes away from our productivity. And of course now, you know, I'm missing the human connection, but I think there's something to be said for, having both perhaps you know being able to create the camaraderie with your team in the office or doing you know team building activities but then also having your space where you can sit and be focused and i know that you are really intentional about that now even with your team well you've always been with your team you let them um yourself included you know take days away from the office um maybe work in a coffee shop maybe work from home um Did you how did you get to that point? Did you know that that was just something that worked for you and you wanted to try it with the team or or it was just, I think it was very progressive for the time.
1: <laughs> I love writing in coffee shops and there's just something about sort of that ambient noise behind you. That's really helpful for me. And so I knew like, if I wanted to be able to go and work from a coffee shop and could be more productive there, I wanted to encourage the other people on my team to also work when and where you're most productive. And sometimes I do believe that happens in the office. And so I think, you know, as a COVID, I think we've all seen like sometimes brainstorming is better in person than on screen. Right. So there, There is some benefit to the in-person piece, but there's a ton of benefit to being flexible and being able to say that you need to work from home because you have really, like, hard work that requires a lot of focus, that our office is an open office, right? So in an open office, it's hard to do that kind of deep focus type work. So um, it has always been really embedded into the DNA at Gavin. One of our house rules, which is sort of our version of like values, one of our house rules is design your day. Mm -hmm. And it has been that way since we started the company. And I think that that allows people to work, depending on what type of work they have to do in an environment that will make that most productive or most creative or whatever they need at that time. I think it also helped our transition into COVID. Like the idea of working elsewhere wasn't a foreign concept for us.
0: Right. That's true. Do you remember some of the things that you had me doing in the beginning and how you felt about giving control and Um, responsibility to someone with such sensitive data? Yeah, I mean, you were doing, so
1: it was calendaring, but you were also, I think if I recall correctly, I think you were also doing like sending out invoices and helping with like expense tracking and management. And like, so you were also really in the details of like the financial aspect of my business. And I'm pretty sure you had like my credit card numbers Mm -hmm. because if I needed to like book travel or if I needed to send gifts or whatever, you were doing all that. So in a lot of ways you had access to like basically my whole life, Yep. But I think that, so I think if someone is looking for a VA or when you're looking for a VA or help like this, that trust is critical in the relationship. And so yes, you need somebody who can like tactically do the things you need done, but the relationship part of it I think is so important also because this person does have a lot of access. And I think that was what was so great about us working together is like, I I felt like I could really trust you. I felt like there was a values alignment that was there. I felt like you had really good policies and practices in place. So I felt like giving you my credit card information, like it was secure because you were careful with that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that you know there was the trust in the relationship and the trust in the just logistics of how you were going about doing your job that then made me feel like it was a safe space to be able to be really open and forthcoming with like all the things I needed help with. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Uh, And people ask me that all the time like, wait, I need you to book my travel. Okay, they start there, you know, and then they're like, oh, wait, that means that I have to give you my preferences of when I like to fly. And then maybe I have to tell you that I have like a chronic pain issue and I can't fly in the morning. Or, you know, it turns into all of these other things. And I need to give you my credit card. You know, obviously, that is a scary concept. And, it really turns into such a close bond in a lot of ways when you do open up your life because it's all connected. Um, you know, we need to know. Okay, I think at the time you had like a nanny, and um, you know, sometimes I was coordinating with her. And, and your schedule of what, what days you needed to get home or what days you could actually take meetings and where, you know, what back in the days when we used to meet in person and just so many sort of ever-changing preferences. So now, you know, you've graduated from DPM, which is what I like to call it when you realize that maybe you need something different from a virtual assistant. And, You I I remember what had started to happen was you were growing the team and you needed some more hands on, like in person, like somebody to pick up your mail, Um, you know, just some more like personal assistant um, office type assistant stuff. Uh, but then you really, you needed even more. So what, what was going on at that time in the business? Were you growing clients? Was your schedule changing? Was all, all of the above sort of what made you realize that you were maybe kind of outgrowing the virtual assistant?
1: So I think there were a couple of things. So as we, when I think you and I first started working together, I was still working out of my house. And so that was sort of one situation. Then as we got in office, I really needed more of like an office manager type mm-hmm. person who could like make sure that there were like toilet papers and paper your know, toilet paper and paper towels in the office make sure that the office was getting clean make sure the mail was getting picked up but even things like depositing checks and like you know going to the bank and so there were just things that required you to like physically be here to get all of the stuff done that needed to get done to really run the office operations and administration piece of it. And so that was when I looked at then, okay, like I needed somebody physically to be here to do
0: that. Mm -hmm. And now, and you know, you've had a lot of different people. A lot of your people have stayed around. You've had some people on your team who have been with you for a long time. What is your assistant doing for you and the team now, especially, when I assume you're, nobody's in the office right now. Um, so are they still super busy? Have their, has their role changed? What is it like now? So now, so I think, so I think first it's important to recognize that at different stages in
1: your company, you need different things and different people have those skill sets. So we had, after I was working with you, then I had somebody who was an office manager who was great when we were that size, as we started to grow and needed someone who had more experience in like the operations side of a business, not just the operations the office management piece of it, then I needed a different person um, who could grow to that sort of next level with the company. And so now what I have, I have a director of business operations and she does like the office management, payroll, healthcare benefits, like all that kind of stuff. And then we have an executive assistant. So she spends all of her time is focused on supporting myself. And then we have two VPs that she also provides support for. So for me, It's everything from managing my calendar, booking travel back, you know, when we used to book travel, hopefully we get to do that again soon. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's helping me think about like, if I need to send gifts to people or just, she's like a, she's almost like just an extra set of eyes and ears. And so like when somebody on her team does something that's really great, she makes sure that I see it. Cause I may not necessarily be aware as I'm like running from one thing to the next. So she, but then it creates an opportunity where I can like shoot them a note or send them a little message. Um, So she really helps me be more like thoughtful in the relationships as a whole. Um, And then, but she's also doing things like when I'm getting ready for meetings, she's putting together briefing documents for me. So I have some background about like, who is it that I'm getting ready to go meet? What are some shared common connections or, or interests that we have that I can kind of build conversation around? That's been really helpful as we're, you know, when we do some kind of internal projects, she's sort of like my left hand around like, okay, I have this idea. Here's this project I want to do. And then she can help figure out, okay, how do we bring that to life? What are the logistics that are needed Mm. for some of that? And that's been really valuable. So even though we're not actually physically in the office, there's no shortage of work that's keeping her busy. The other part that has been really helpful for me, I'm really involved in a lot of different things in the community. And she helps provide a ton of support around that too. So making sure I have what I need when I'm going to those meetings, helping coordinate schedules for that stuff helping keep track of like various different committee meetings or this and that and the other thing um, for all the community involvement too that I'm doing. So that way, I think it helps me really scale my time in a way that I can do the business stuff I want to do and the community stuff I want to do. And then also making sure I'm done so that then I can come home and be like really present and engaged with my son when I'm home.
0: Mm, That's amazing. How long, as I'm thinking, like, how does she know? How does she know when to you know, escalate something to your attention? Or how does she know what you need? How long did it take for you to get to that point? So she, oddly
1: enough, started in January of 2020. So we were in office together for like six weeks or something like that. Like before, you know, we all started working remote in March. So some of it was just, we just had to spend time together and you know, whether it was in person or on, on zoom or phone calls going back and forth, I tried to be as detailed as I could. I'm a little bit more of like a visionary person than a logistics person, right? So I'm not great at getting like in the weeds of process, but I tried to remember that like, while I may not love it, I need to sometimes be in the weeds so that I can set her up for success. And if I can train her and kind of teach her what I need, it allows me to get out of it even more. And so it was just, the onus really was on me to spend some time, like teaching and training and being really clear about what I need. And then I think we have a really good relationship so that then we can go back and forth around feedback. And she'll tell me like, Hey, are you sure you need to be in that meeting? Like I'm supposed to be protecting your calendar. And you just scheduled over this time block that you told me was really important. So, yeah. you know, she can kind of hold me accountable, but then I can also tell her like she, she was doing a research project for me and she sent me a ton of information. It was way more than I needed. And so I told her, I was like, I need you to like boil this down to one page, like give me the high level takeaway. <laughs> yeah. um, And so we can go back and forth. But so now she knows when she's doing research, like give me the bullet summary first and you can include the other stuff as like an appendix. But so it's just, it's just feedback and coaching and getting to know each other and being really open and honest about what you need and timelines and expectations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. How much time, if you could estimate, do you think you spent, you know, in those early weeks per week versus now on actually reviewing things that she sends, giving feedback, all that kind of stuff. It was probably a little bit more certainly in the
1: beginning, but now I feel like we're a pretty well-oiled machine. And so for the most part, she can send something and I can use it. Um, she's even gotten to the point of now where she, if there's like an email that I know I need to send to the team, she's pre-drafting it mm-hmm. for me and I can go in and kind of make, if there are any tweaks I need to make or any other context I need to make. And she just proactively started doing that. I didn't even mm-hmm. ask her to, which was amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> so I, I, I don't have a good sense of how much time I spent then versus how I, much I spent now. The thing that has made the biggest difference though, is that I know I'm being so much more productive now. So mm-hmm. whatever the time was that I spent in the beginning, investing in training has paid off in spades now, because I'm basically out of all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I then am able to focus on things that help move the company forward in like a big way. Wow.
0: Yeah. Do you think that there is a better, that, that, there's a good time (laughs) I guess I should say like to bring someone like that on is is should you find a time when it's maybe a little slower or does it not really work that way because you're like I just need the help and I'll make the time what do you think about you know for people who are looking for that kind of relationship but yeah I mean in an ideal world probably you find the person before you feel like you're buckling under a
1: really long list of to-dos yeah yeah it just may not always be realistic so what I would say is don't be scared to bring somebody on because you feel like you're too busy. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. ideally if you can, you know, kind of hire ahead of time, that's, that's ideal, but it's also okay. If you can't, what you need to know though, is in the short term, it is going to take a little bit of time for you, but it's worth it because it will create this like long-term relationship that allows you and gets you so much more time back in your day.
0: Yeah. So that's, I I mean, that's what I tell everyone, you know, it's an investment. It's an investment in money, of course, but it's also an investment in your time and your brain trust. I mean, some of those things that you do, that we all do, um, as you know, leaders and visionaries, is very much in our head. It's just the way that we've done things or the way that we expect things. And finding the time and taking the time to share that with someone else, and and like you said, a lot of times the person who needs the assistant. And the assistant, uh, their brains operate in very different ways by design. You know, you want someone who likes to do the nitty gritty things when you like to do the big, you know, brainstorming things. But because of that, it can cause challenges when you don't always, like you said, you're not always sort of like in the process every day. Um, So did you use any kind of tools or was it really just like in person sitting down meetings or were you actually writing things down or recording videos or anything like that? No, it was a lot of,
1: um, there's probably a better way to do it. So I wouldn't necessarily take this as the gold standard, but it was a lot of just us sitting down and talking and me yeah. sharing kind of like brain dumping Yeah, and then she could kind of take it and absorb it and organize it in yeah, her, yeah. Her. I am sure there's a more structured way that someone could probably onboard an assistant. And I, it goes back to, I'm just not wired that way. Well,
0: I think that's why, that's why I wanted to ask, because I think you're, you're, you're not alone. You know, a lot of people also operate that way and they don't, they can't imagine, you know, doing that brain dump. Um, but, but I agree. I mean, just spending the time with the person, you know, this week, we're going to focus on this and you spend a couple hours this week, we're going to focus on this, you know, and then. And that's right. The assistant has the skill to distill that information into a document or whatever it is to make it work for them. So, um, that's awesome. And I'm so glad that you found someone who, uh, you vibe with and who's really helping. The other thing I wanted to ask about that. So she's working with other VPs. How, is that, um, Is that challenging in any way? Do you find that, does she ever run out of time? Um, I assume you're the priority, but then what happens if other people need things? How does that work? Yeah, so
1: she spends most of her time working on stuff for me. She provides calendaring support for the other two VPs and then can help with some, some process stuff or some research as needed. Um, and I think we all try to be cognizant of the fact that she is working with three of us. And so let's ask what else she has on her plate and other deadlines. The thing I will say though, is that she is really good about being proactive. And so I think that's the piece that goes into, like, you also have to find the right VA, like, or it's not just on you. Like when she first started, she sent me a list of like kind of 20 questions of like, she wanted my birthday. She wanted my son's birthday. She wanted Mm -hmm. like, what are other important dates? So it's just sort of all this stuff that I probably would never have thought to even give some of that to her, but now Mm -hmm. she has it. And so when it's, you know, a week or two before someone's birthday, she can remind me like, Hey, have you started looking for a gift yet? Do you want me to do some research for you? But that was her being proactive. So as much as I was like brain dumping in that sort of training and onboarding period. Yeah. She also did a really good job of kind of guiding, like, what are the types of things helping me understand what the types of things were that she needed to be mm-hmm. successful?
0: Yeah. And knowing your vision probably helps with that, knowing that you are someone who values relationships and, and those little touches, you know, of getting people gifts or whatever it is. Um, and that made me think of something else that you have been doing that is, is very. Um, I would also say thoughtful and progressive. You've, you've done a lot to cultivate the culture at your business and helping people feel included and valued. Um, obviously, this is something that you did in the office and you've done outings and things. But now when you're virtual, what kinds of things have you been doing to keep the team morale high or as high as possible being
1: virtual? So when covid happened it was you know q2 we basically told our team we're going to throw out all of our goals for the year and the two most important things are individual well-being and client retention. So we needed to hang on for dear life to our clients, but then we also needed to prioritize just everybody's individual well-being. We were all going to go through this and experience it very differently, and that mattered. Um, and so we've done surveys like every eight weeks or so to kind of gauge how our team is doing, what they're thinking about going back to the office, how they're feeling about being connected, and then using that data to help make decisions. So So um, we do a Gevin game night once a month where it's just like a fun time to play some games. We do a happy hour once a month. We we do a coffee and creativity piece where we're showcasing kind of client work and brainstorming about how to apply those lessons or insights to other clients. Um, we started doing a month or a quarterly self-care stipend so people can expense up to a certain amount of money. And it can be, we take a very loose definition of self-care. It could be <laughs> plants for your home office cause you need some greenery or you want to get a meditation app or a therapy or whatever it is. You can expense that each quarter. Um, we provided a home office stipend over the summer to help people really kind of spruce up that, especially when we realized like we're in this for the long haul, gave people, you know, help them kind of spruce up their office. We've done some kind of celebratory things. So we, um, have won some awards and we've had some like really big client wins. And so then we've sent, you know, packages and things to our team. Um, also trying to recognize that, because everyone is experiencing this differently, the type of support that they need right now and the type of connectivity they need is different. So there are some things that we'll do for the full team. Mm. Then there are other things where we'll do maybe just for a person or a handful of people. So not everybody wants the exact same thing. And, and we try to be really mindful and aware of that too. Mm. So that we can support them wherever they are in this journey.
0: Yeah. And is that something, um, how do you find that out? Does Casey or you know someone on your team help you Um, discern what people need. The surveys are brilliant because then you can actually ask the question and let people respond. But some people are more forthcoming than others. (laughs) I've noticed this with my own team. I'm like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? You know, some people are like, I'm fine. You know, so how do you how do you figure that out? Yeah. So some of
1: it is just asking. Some of it is paying attention to like, we do something on Fridays called wins, losses, calls in Slack. And so everybody on the team posts, like, what are your three wins for the week? What are your three losses? And do you have a call? Like, do you need help with something coming up? Or is there something we need to be aware of? And so reading those can be really insightful, too, of, like, what did they feel good? What was a win? And is there a loss? And is there a way that we can sort of help provide some additional support around that loss or around their call? Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes it's also just talking with their supervisor or their people leader just to check in, like, how are they doing? What kind of extra support might they need? so it i think a lot of it goes back to just being curious about them as humans and then paying attention and listening and looking for those signals or small clues
0: yeah do you feel like you have more time for that now than you did maybe a few years ago not really <laughs> maybe i think what it actually is is i don't know that i have more
1: time i think we've built more systems to make uh-huh. sure that that happens so between having casey who can help with that and then having you know some other people leaders who are being mindful of that i think instead of it all trying to fall on my shoulders and making sure i'm not missing anything we've been able to sort of distribute some of that and that way it makes sure that it's not all my time but we're doing yeah. more of
0: it yeah yeah that's great um how many people are on your team now uh, we've got about 25. Wow. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's crazy. And you've been, and when did you start the business officially?
1: December, 2009.
0: Great. Great. Yeah. We've, I, I felt like we were on the same, almost the same timeline. I had started as a VA in December, 2019, but officially incorporated like about 18 months later. Um, so it's, it's so great. It's so, and seeing, you know, especially during all the ups and downs over the years that, that you've continued to grow. And I think it's just, you have a vision, you know what you need. Um, it's, it can't be understated how important that is. I see you know entrepreneurs and agency owners kind of floundering and it's like, they don't always take the leadership role. They, they get the work, You know they, they wanna work with clients, they wanna do the work, but when it comes to actually growing a team and being successful in that way, you know, having that, that bigger level strategic mission and also your, I think your values of wanting to help people, um, and wanting to make the world a better place. Um, you know, that shines through. And so, um, just wanted to applaud you on that and thanks for being an inspiration. Oh my gosh. That's so nice. Well, it's been interesting. I think, um, I
1: love the running the business side of it, which is surprising to me, right? Like I have really great people now who can do the client service stuff. So then I can stay focused on the running of the business and the growing the business. And I think that that's been a good sort of transition of my role. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also required me to be really thoughtful and intentional about like, what do I want to be doing? How do I want to be spending my time? And then making sure that I have those guardrails in place to do that. Um, and at the end of the day, like I, I'm not trying to grow Gavin cause I want to spend more time in spreadsheets or talking to accountants. Like <laughs> I want to grow the company. Cause I truly believe that, um, the more we grow, then the more of an impact we can have. And that's what motivates me. I'm going to have impact. And so yeah. the path to do that is growth for us.
0: Right. Right. Oh, I love it. Thank you. So I'm going to take a little Change of pace. I have a few rapid fire questions for you that are just like a this or that kind okay. of get to know you a little bit. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do okay. it. <laughs> um, morning or evening? Uh,
1: <laughs> well. So I am not a morning morning person, but I'm definitely much more productive in the morning. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. morning. Oh, say yeah. Morning.
0: Okay. Mac or PC? Mac. Pen or pencil? Pen apartment or house house london or paris Ooh, london london have you been to both no (laughs) okay (laughs) i I asked this question and then people haven't been to so you've been to london
1: yeah i would pick london
0: okay um coffee or tea
1: Tea.
0: I have some right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That was something you would always want to go to a tea spot and and that was like... I've never had a I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that. That is a fun <laughs> I have, fact. I have a, I have a tea
1: obsession. I have like a tea bar in my kitchen. <laughs> oh
0: my God. So now we know what to get for for Heather, or maybe not get you if you already have too much.
1: But. No, I love it. I love finding. I do it when I travel. I try to find like the local tea shop, and then I'll go buy tea when I go travel, and then bring it home. Bring it, was, like,
0: it a little... home. Oh, I love souvenirs that you can actually use, not like tchotchkes. That's okay. So yeah. great. Um, okay, lake or ocean? Ocean. Red or white? White. Working hard or hardly working? working hard (laughs) of course champagne or champagne champagne (laughs) you won the prize awesome thank you for that so just um one more question for you before we wrap up here you again have just had so many experiences hiring um in general and finding good people what would your advice be to someone who is feeling the panic or feeling like they're ready to scale a little bit and wanting to hire somebody, maybe a VA or maybe an in-person EA, what would your advice be to them? I would say when you start getting
1: that inkling, you should do it. I think one of the biggest mistakes is that you wait too long and then you're forced into hiring someone and you may not find actually the right person. So start maybe a little bit ahead of when you think you might be ready to make that hire so you can really find the best person for that role and then commit to that person. So work, both of you need to be invested in making it a successful relationship. Um, But I think start sooner than you think is probably my top advice.
0: Yes, I love it. And I love that, too, because like you said, then you don't have to rush. You can take all the time that you need to be searching and doing interviews and doing test projects or whatever it is to make sure that you nail it on the first time because it's so expensive to hire. It's so expensive to fire people. Um, You don't want to have to go through that turnover. So thank you so much, Heather. Um, Tell us more about where we can find your work and what you're doing.
1: Yeah, so Gebbin Communication is the agency. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at, it's just at Heather Whaling. I'm on Twitter, it's at PRTINI, PRTINI. Um, and those are probably the easiest ways to find me. Um, or, you know, obviously email, I guess. Yes. Old school email still works. Old
0: school, <laughs> yeah. Feels like every little quick connection starts on social media now. Yeah. And Heather, I think if you just Google Heather, you'll see some of the other works that she's been a part of. Um, one of the things that we've talked about too is our parental leave and supporting men and women um, who are having children and making sure that people have the access they need to um, to grow families and also continue to work. So check out her, her, um, her work on that. And thank you so much, Heather, for taking the time. I, I love to, to see you and chat with you and congrats on all your success. Uh, but we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. This was great. Thanks. fun to catch up with Heather. I don't get to talk to her as much as I used to since she's been on her own outside of Don't Panic, sadly. But of course, it's all for the best because her team has grown and done such amazing things over the years. You can find Heather at gevincommunication.com. That's G-E-B-E-N communication.com. And if you just search Heather Whaling, you'll find so many things that she's doing right now from you know, articles she's written about the paid family leave, stuff that she's doing to other ideas about how to manage public relations in the world that we live in today. So please check her out, follow her, and don't forget to check us out at panicproofblueprint.com. We can help you get out of your own way and save some time and get back that calm that you so desire. We'll catch you next time.